What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to the Autumn Wind Podcast, here to recap the 2021 NFL Draft. It came and went, and the Raiders did get better, but I have a lot to say about all seven of the draft picks for John Gruden in his fourth go-around as the head man of the Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to break it down here on the Autumn Wind Podcast. That was fast. That's my reaction after the draft. I thought it came and went. There's always a lot of anticipation and buildup, and it is gone. It was fun. I actually got to watch all seven rounds this year, which I I have not done in quite a while. So I enjoyed it, flipping back and forth between ESPN and NFL Network, seeing the different draft pundits and what they had to say about various draft picks. But obviously, this is the Autumn Wind Podcast, and I'm here to talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. So the Raiders, coming off an 8-8 eight and eight season, go into year four of the John Gruden 2.0 era, year three of the, of the Gruden-Mayock tandem, uh, and uh, more importantly, uh, another year uh, that they don't want to be on the outside looking in. So uh, very important draft. We, we know how important the draft is on a number of reasons, but the Raiders in particular have had a lot of first-round picks uh, since John Gruden has returned, and quite honestly, I don't know if they've made the most out of him. I don't know if they made the most out of him. So I'll be here on the solo today, just giving you my thoughts. If it's your first time tuning in to the Autumn Wind Podcast, my name is Mike Corey. I am a big-time Raider fan, but a educated Raider fan and one that likes to look at the team from the eyes of a GM, Right. That's the approach I take. If you followed me, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, if you follow the podcast, you know that that's my style. I try to keep it objective as much as possible. I am highly critical of the team, but will also give praise when praise is due. So I just wanted to preface with that uh, before I get into these draft picks here. So if, if I step on any toes, uh, if you hear some criticism, if, if you want the corporate Kool Aid of John Gruden, uh, I advise you to turn off the podcast right now. But if you want a, a real life grade and evaluation of I think of where I think the franchise is at, where I think John Gruden's at, and how this draft went, then buckle up, uh, get your coffee. If you're driving to work, be safe. Or if you're just chilling at home, more power to you. But we're gonna get into it here on the Audubon Podcast. So if you listen to the last episode, I had uh, Brennan Scarborough here on uh, the podcast to break down. The selection of Alex Leatherwood, but if you missed it, I will recap uh, my thoughts. And Brennan generally agreed with me in regards to the pick. So, Alex Leatherwood, he played mostly left tackle last year for Alabama. We know that Gruden and Mayock love Alabama, and I do too. Uh, but he played left tackle. Most pundits predicted him or projected him rather to be a guard at the next level. But of course, the Raiders, having moved on from Trent Brown, know that right tackle is their biggest need. Uh, it was no secret that and free safety were the two uh, gaping holes that they needed to fill coming out of this draft, and they did that. Uh, but Alex Leatherwood, for all intents and purposes, was projected to be a second-round pick. Now, I hear a lot of people argue that, hey, well, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it matters how he plays. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But... The unfortunate thing is that the Raiders, particularly John Gruden, honestly, even before Gruden, uh, God rest his soul, Al Davis, his last uh, few years, they would reach 
year after year they would reach and they would ignore league value and they would act as if they were smarter than the rest of the league. Like this guy that they fall in love with is the best kept secret and I'm going to storm the league uh, by surprise and nobody sees it coming. The problem is when you ignore league value, you are asking a player that is sort of a project to be a day one starter. I think that's what happens when you quote unquote reach in the NFL draft. This has happened, in my opinion, this has happened three consecutive years under the watch of John Gruden. 2019, Clee Furl. I like Clee Furl. I think he is a good football player. I think he is a high character player, good guy to have in the locker room. Had we selected him at 24th overall, I would say, okay, I'll take it. Not bad. But he was selected number four overall in the 2019 draft. And the unfortunate thing about being selected that high is there are expectations that come with being a top five pick. Top five picks are not expected to just be rotational guys, are not expected to just be kind of stopgap, journeyman type. They're expected to be Pro Bowl, day one, plug in, take the league by storm type players. Cleaferall is not that, uh, and I don't think he will be. Now, do I think he will be a good NFL player that will stick around in the league a long time uh, as a role player? I think he will. But will he ever live up to that number four overall selection? It's looking doubtful. So that was 2019. 2020. 2020. Henry Ruggs. I, I like Ruggs. I think he's going to have a bigger year two. But uh, people could argue that he was a reach. He was the number, the first receiver taken in the 2020 draft. And in 2020, he got outperformed by many, many different people. Justin Jefferson and C.D. Lamb and, and Chase Claypool and Jerry Judy. A lot of people outperformed him. Again, I think he could become a really good football player. But in a, in a sense, you can argue that he was a reach. Same draft, same round. Damon Arnett, Ohio State. Widely projected to be second round pick, third round pick was taken 19th overall, and, and quite honestly, the small sample size that we saw last year really, really showed that he was a reach. He was not ready to be put in that position. I know he was injured. He had the hand and the concussion and, and other things, but quite honestly, what am I getting at? John Gruden is not smarter than the rest of the league. The last three years have proven that. So you should follow conventional wisdom. It's generally when the whole world says you're crazy and you're the only one that doesn't think you're crazy, it probably means you're crazy. And I think that's kind of the vibe I'm getting under the John Gruden regime. But anyways, Alex Leatherwood, he was a pick. He was a reach. Uh, everybody, and by everybody, I, I mean pretty much every major sports network, ESPN, NFL Network, Sports Illustrated, Fox Sports, they were ripping the pick. Uh, he's a second round talent that got drafted in the top 20 of the draft. So it's a reach. And John Gruden just absolutely ignores league value. And Mike Mayock is aware of that. He even called it a controversial pick in, in the press conference that preceded it or succeeded it rather. But Alex Leatherwood, I actually do think he could be a good right tackle for the Raiders. He is a, a big, long, physical offensive lineman. I, I think he's athletic. Uh, I think Tom Cable will really be able to get the best out of him uh, at right tackle. Uh, luckily, Colton Miller has solidified the left side, but I think a plan B 
uh, would be for Alex to kick in to guard if it ever came to that. But Alex Leatherwood, do I like the value? I don't, but I do like the player. I don't think he's a bad player. I don't think he's a scrub. Uh, and I think he will uh, – he definitely looks the part when he gets off the bus. He is a big, menacing human being. Uh, but I think he could end up being a good starting tackle in the league. So we reached in around one. That was Thursday uh, night, Friday night. The quite opposite extreme happened. The Raiders select Trevon Merrig. I think I'm saying his last name right. Merrig. Out of TCU. This was a fan favorite. Everybody – was talking about Trevon Merrig um, and Richie Grant leading up to the draft at safety. And most people had Merrig listed as their number one safety in the entire draft. So to, to get him in the second round is a very shrewd move by the Raiders. And I have to give Mike Mayock and John Gruden a lot of credit. That's a hell of a draft pick at number 43 overall. In fact, they even traded up to get him, uh, which they don't normally do that high in the draft. Great pick. Two thumbs up. You get a first-round talent in the second round, uh, and I think he is absolutely what the secondary needs. He is a true free safety. Obviously, he's going to have to roam the field by himself in Gus Bradley's defense on the back end, but this guy can cover ground. I think he ran a 4-5, but he plays a lot faster than that. I, I really think he's the real deal. He is a good, good cover safety. And really, I actually like what Mike Mayock said. He kind of alluded to the Legion of Boom um, in Seattle when Gus Bradley was there. But I think the safeties are going to have clearly defined roles, right? Trevon Merrick is going to be the true free safety, roaming the middle of the field, uh, kind of that center field center fielder, for lack of a better term. And Jonathan Abram is a box safety. Jonathan Abram, uh, I didn't include him in my in my monologue, my opening monologue about reaches. Uh, I still think he could be really good. I am not as down on Jonathan Abram as many others are. My hope is that Gus Bradley can simplify his role just so he can play fast. Because when he plays fast and he plants his foot in the dirt and gets downhill, he is uh, uh, looking for hell. Uh, he is going to mess you up, uh, and we've seen that. The problem is he's very undisciplined and scatterbrained when it comes to coverage, and that's something that could get him out of the league fast if he doesn't clean that up. So hopefully uh, Gus Bradley can contain all of that. But Trayvon Merrig, very good pick. I, I'm, I'm legitimately excited to see him in a Raider uniform, uh, probably the number seven. But uh, we talk about seven interceptions and 21 pass breakups in his career at TCU. Uh, as I mentioned, he was the uh, top-ranked safety on many draft boards, and he was a Jim Thorpe Award winner last year. Now the reason he fell, I believe Ian Rappaport reported that uh, there was some discussion about a potential back injury. Now, Mike Mayock uh, said he's healthy. Trayvon said he's healthy. Uh, obviously, we'll wait and see. Uh, but if he's a full participant uh, in training camp this summer, two thumbs up on the draft pick. I think Raider Nation's really, really going to love Trevon Merrig. So round three, Malcolm Kuntz, or Kuntze. I don't know if I'm saying his last name correctly. We've got some inter interesting names in this draft class. University of Buffalo edge rusher. That sounds very nostalgic. He is an interesting prospect. I think he is a designated pass rusher. He is not going to be uh, a day one starter. Uh, in fact, I think he's going to hopefully fill the role that Arden Key was supposed to have as a designated pass rusher uh, in obvious pass rush situations. Uh, he needs to put some weight on, but I really like his skill set. 
he has a very big toolbox of pass rush moves. Uh, he has a spin, he has a fake spin, he has a chop, he has a, he has a rip. He's very bendy and, and twitchy. And I think the Raiders really need that. Obviously, we signed Unique. Uh, we got Kunse and Max Crosby. Um, hopefully, this is a, an improved pass rush unit. So I think Malcolm will have an opportunity to play early on. Uh, it, obviously, if he has a good camp and everything of that nature, but uh, he's a good pass rusher. Mo Kuyper said that he thought he would, would have been a, a second-round pick. Others were saying a lot later than that, but I generally trust Mel Kuyper's evaluation of value. So, again, to get him in the third round, all of a sudden uh, the Raiders are doing some things. Uh, and, I, and I will say that John Gruden irritated me, uh, which is not new. But when, when you, uh, if you go on YouTube or the Instagram page of the Raiders and, and you see the phone calls from Mayock and Gruden to the draft picks, which I generally like watching. Those are always pretty cool. But John Gruden was, was talking to Malcolm Kunze and he's like, yeah, well, you're, you're like another uh, a good Buffalo pass rusher that we once had or that we drafted or, or something of that nature referring to Khalil Mack. And that pissed me off. First of all, John Gruden... As an ESPN announcer, commentator, etc., analyst during the 2014 draft, said that the Raiders should draft Johnny Manziel, not Khalil Mack. When they drafted Khalil Mack, ESPN shows cutups of Khalil Mack in coverage, which is not really what he does, and John Gruden's just ripping him a new one. But he's praising, uh, he's referring to him as if he drafted him. First of all, if Gruden was there, he would have passed on him for Manziel. Secondarily, Gruden traded away Khalil Mack. So, anyways, I had to get that that out of my out of my system. Uh, in case you're wondering, I am not over that trade uh, to this day. It still kind of irks me. But, anyways, Malcolm Kunsi, uh, Buffalo Bull. He uh, will hopefully be a designated pass rusher, but it remains to be seen. But I, I generally like the pick. Also in round three, the very next pick, Alec Ingold announced both of them was probably the coolest name I've ever seen called, and that's Divine Diablo. He is a safety out of Virginia Tech uh, that is projected to be a weak side linebacker, uh, and I, I like him. Uh, I like him. I think uh, I hear a lot of people talking about Tanner Muse. I don't know if a lot of NFL scouts projected Tanner Muse to be a linebacker last year, Whereas here, Divine Diablo, everybody's saying he's going to be a linebacker. He, he ended up playing linebacker in the senior bowl, so I'm not too concerned about it. He's athletic. He ran a 4.45, weighing about 226 pounds. Uh, and I think he'll compete to back up Corey Littleton and play special teams. I think that's what his role will look like in 2021. Uh, and, and maybe he could push Littleton. And if Littleton doesn't uh, improve upon a very rough and rocky 2020, then Diablo may have an opportunity to play early on, but that remains to be seen. Round four, Tyree Gillespie. Uh, he is a safety, another safety, but a true safety out of uh, Mizzou. And he is a box safety, and similar to Diablo, I think he will start as the backup to Jonathan Abram. Hopefully it stays that way. If it doesn't, that means something went terribly wrong. Either Abram got injured again or he struggled. But... Uh, essentially, when you describe the skill set of Gillespie, you would kind of talk about Abram in a sense. He's a box safety. He's very fit, physical. He had some really good tape against some big names 
uh, that down there in the SEC, particularly Waddle and Devontae Smith at Alabama. Um, he's not a scrub. Uh, he is definitely not a scrub, and, and I think he's someone, again, that could come in and probably contribute on special teams right away and be a key backup. If I'm not mistaken, I think the knock on Gillespie is that he played a lot of games at Mizzou but had either zero interceptions or like one interception, so not great ball skills. That's probably what dropped him in the draft. Um, but ultimately, we'll see. Now going into uh, late into the draft here at round five, pick 167, Nate Hobbs. Don't know a whole lot about him. Uh, I know he's from Illinois. He's a corner. He's 5'9". It's going to be a very crowded DB room, uh, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, ran a 4.46, had a 40-inch vertical. Uh, seems like a good athlete, but again, he's going to be kind of on the back end of the roster competing for the backup spots, competing with Keyshawn Nixon, Amika Robertson, Isaiah Johnson. Um, obviously, I don't see him as a starter or really having a big role in 2021. And then last but not least, round seven, pick 230 is Jimmy Morrissey. Uh, he is a center from, I believe, Pitt. And he was a walk-on. He won the award for the nation's top walk-on. Started 47 games. Again, probably more of a practice squad guy. Uh, We'll see. But I'm not going to spend too much time talking about him. I think Andre James is definitely the starting center in 2021. And they also signed Nick Martin from the Texans to compete and probably back up James as well. So that's the draft. All seven picks. So you really heard my thoughts You ask me what my grade is. I really don't like doing grades because we will never know uh, what these uh, draft picks turn into until they actually play football. You know, it's cute to be on Instagram and wearing your suit and and, and running around and and spandex. That's not football. You know that as well as I know that. So really, I like to give it at least two-year, two- to three-season evaluation before I could truly grade a draft. That's my opinion. But if you absolutely said, Mike, you have to give me a grade. I'd give it a B minus. I think the Raiders were very self-aware of their needs and they threw the kitchen sink at it, which was safety. They drafted two kind of three safeties. Um, they, they got a pass rusher. They got another corner. They, they addressed right tackle. So they addressed all the needs for all intents and purposes. Uh, the reason it's not higher than a B minus is I still am a little bit irked about the leak value conversation that we had earlier in the podcast. Uh, and, and truthfully, I think as long as John Gruden continues to run the operation, it's going to continue to be that way. But uh, it's really funny how it worked out that Trevon Merrig was mocked to go in the first round to the Raiders uh, on a lot of mock drafts. And then Alex Leatherwood was projected to be a second round pick. So you reached and then you got an absolute steal in the second round. So, it all kind of balance each other out. B minus, if it's pass or fail, B minus will probably get you a pass. But ultimately, that's why we play the games, and we will find out come September and beyond. And then the last real note, uh, noteworthy item in regards to the Raiders, it's, it's May 6th today when I'm recording this podcast, is Casey Hayward, which is a good signing. Obviously, Casey Hayward, we know him well, having uh, been in the AFC West for many years with the Chargers. Two-time Pro Bowler, coming off of a pretty rough year last year by his standards in 2020. But obviously, the familiarity with Gus Bradley uh, makes a lot of sense. Uh, If I had to pencil in a depth chart, I would say Trayvon Mullen and Casey Hayward start on the outside. Uh, I don't know if Damon Arnett will become the nickel 
Uh, there's really a lot of guys that are competing in the room. Nobody's really established themselves. So that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on as we move into training camp and the regular season. That's a wrap for this week's edition of the Autumn Wind Podcast. If today is your first time tuning into the podcast, I appreciate you checking me out. You can follow us on Twitter at AutumnWindPod and on Instagram under the same handle. How did you feel about my grades? Did you love it? Did you hate it? Uh, Do you agree, disagree? I would love to interact and talk about it. So hit me up on Twitter, uh, drop your comments in the uh, uh, below the tweet, and I'd be happy to discuss it with everybody. And uh, hopefully I'll be back soon. I have a lot of cool guests lined up, and we'll continue to talk Raiders football in the months to come. But in the meantime, I hope everybody's well. And as always, just win, baby.